I got to tell you something. You can't cross the bloodline. And you're going to lose this battle tonight. Amen. Those that's able, can you stand over the house, raise your hands towards this pulpit, and let's pray for Brother Roy Dale as he comes and delivers us the Word of God here tonight. Lord, we ask. Oh, well, here we go. Not him again. <laughs> Isaiah 64. If you open your Bibles, Isaiah 64. I'd like to talk to you about a couple verses here. I may not preach a lick, but I sure would like to. I know I say that all the time. Being I like to catch fish, but I like to preach too. Okay? I like to preach good. Not for the pat on the back, but just to help people. You understand what I'm saying? I don't mean that in a boastful way or whatever. Uh, I like it when my boss, Sister Patty, says, Dale, y'all done a good job. I like that. Okay? I like that. And I like it when the Lord lays his hand on a service and gives us confirmation that we've tried to do the right thing and have helped somebody. Um, I'm rambling on. I hate I was late, but I, I, I tried to get to the funeral home earlier than I did, and I finally made it, and I've seen folks I hadn't seen in years. I hadn't seen Brother Virgil's son, Michael, in many years. I used to teach him in Sunday school. Him and Keith, I think Keith used to come in my class some too. I don't remember if you were there, Brother Bill. And uh, different ones that I hadn't seen in many years. Old friend, Jeff Cantrell. And his sisters were asking where Marsha was at. I don't know where Marsha's at, but they were wondering. Uh, his sisters were wondering where you were at. They wanted to see you. So, uh, Well, 64 of Isaiah. I'm going to read the first three verses. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens... That thou wouldest come down, and the mountains might flow down at thy presence. As when the melting fire burneth, the fire causeth the water to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries. We want, to know, we want our enemies to know who our God is, don't we? That the nations may tremble at thy presence. Amen. They may not be afraid of you, but they will be afraid of your God. Amen. I've found out long enough in life's journey that when God gets in my situation, I'll make a mess of it, but God can straighten it right out when I can't make a lick of sense out of it. Verse 3, when thou uh, didst terrible things which we looked not for, thou camest down, the mountains flowed down at thy presence. I'd like to preach uh for just a little bit, talk to you just a little bit on praying for a divine manifestation. Praying for a divine manifestation. This is, first of all, I want you to understand in chapter 63, uh, the children of Israel were in a bad situation. Uh, the enemy had come against them. They were in a bad way. They were in an oppressive uh, situation. And... Uh, here we turn to chapter 64. They'd already prayed to God in chapter 63. But when we get to chapter 64, Isaiah is calling out to God. These first three verses. Manifestation means an action or an event. When, we, when I say I'm, I, I, I we're praying for a manifestation, we're praying for an action. We're praying for an event from God. All right? That's what I'm meaning. All right? Isaiah 
when he was praying for this, he was calling out for God to intervene for his people. All right? Uh, Isaiah prayed for God to deliver men from the oppression and the world's tyranny that they had put up on them and from the storms that were created by those that were around about them and was causing them havoc. He was craving for it. Amen. Brother Bill, you've been craving for God to move on your son's situation. Amen. We've been praying for it and he's sitting here tonight. Amen. Saved under the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been praying for it. We've been longing for it. We've been praying for your daughter, Brother Randall. We've been praying. I'm, I'm glad she's here. I forgot she's here. We've been praying for you, Sister Abel. We've been craving, amen, for a great move of God, a great event to happen. Do you still believe God's on the throne? Do you still believe He works, amen, and does mighty miracles? I do. Let's look at verse 1. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens... The word rend means to tear open. My goodness. To tear open. He said, oh, that thou wouldest tear open the heavens. Rent open the heavens. Amen. He basically was saying, God, would you just open the windows of heaven and give us what you've got for us. Amen. In this terrible time. Whew. Woo. I may not preach a lick, but I sure am feeling good right now. Amen. Can you hear the cry, amen, of the prophet of God as he calls out to the almighty God of heaven and he says, God, hear my people, amen, hear their groans, see their, their sufferings. I can hear the voice of Isaiah as he cries out, Brother Mike, and he says, oh God, open up the windows of heaven. Tear open the windows of heaven. Woo. Amen. What was he wanting God to do? What was he wanting him to do? Amen. When intercessional prayer breaks through and gets to the throne of grace. Sometimes, Brother Randall, I know that over these last few days and weeks, it feels like your prayers probably wasn't doing nothing but hitting the ceiling. Amen. Amen. Because of the situation that your daughter is in. Amen. Sister April feels like, amen, sometimes the heaven is brass. Amen, that God, where are you at in this situation? But I'm telling you, when intercessional prayer, amen, breaks through, amen, we'll see great results. God's power will fall. Revivals will happen. The perfect description, amen, of a genuine revival is when we break through with prayer and fasting, amen, and God moves in our situations. I can't. I just throw my hands up and I say, I can't do it, God. Amen, but you can. I've been in life situations, amen, where I couldn't see no way out of my troubles. I couldn't see no way to pay my bills. Amen, I couldn't see no way. Amen, oh, I, I want to be an honest man. I wanted to pay my bills. And all of a sudden the phone ring and a pastor would say, how about coming and preaching for us? I'd go into the, those, uh, uh, that, that, uh, one, one time in particular I always use, I, I like 90-some dollars for my electric bill. Amen. 90-some dollars. Woo! Says Darlene, amen. And I didn't have it. Woo! We went down there, preached for that. He called me at 5 o'clock. He was notorious to call me at 5 o'clock. I've been tied up. 
I can't get to church. Uh, uh, can you come and preach for me? And I, and, I, and I thought that was a great honor. Come and help take care of his church. All right. I go and I preach my little message. I get the offering. There might have been about 20 people there that night. I don't care if there's two or three. If God wants me to preach to them, I'm going to preach to them. And we'll talk about that in here just a little bit. Amen. There was a lady sitting there. She had a profitable business. And, and, and she was sitting against the wall. And as I come down the center aisle greeting everybody, everybody was leaving. She just stood still over against the wall. And she said, come here. All right. I went over. She always gave me a hug, Brother Ben. And I, was, I, was, I thought that's what she wanted. And, and when she grabbed my hand, I felt a piece of paper in my hand. And I said, I looked down and I could see it was probably a check. I said, no, 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 no. She said, no, son, this is for you. I said, no, please don't. She said, listen, God told me while you was up preaching, you have a need. All right? I'm talking about praying for a divine manifestation, a divine event that will happen in your life. Sister Patty, when we got home, we pulled all that money out. The offering, it just came within just a little bit. I don't remember if it was dollars or cents. I believe it was just a couple of dollars. My, my memory is, I crossed over the 50 threshold, so I'm, I'm going on the back side of memory, all right? So, but it was just a little bit of being what we needed, Sister Jan Cordell, for our uh, electricity bill. And I've told that many times here. Amen. But it was such a great impression on me as a young Christian that I knew that whatever my need was, great or small, amen, God would come through if I would just get on my knees, amen, and call out on God and the divine manifestation, divine event, divine action. God would take an action because of his children. I'll guarantee you one thing, Ben Vinsel, those two girls are with you tonight. If they called out, whoo, amen. Would you go in action? I didn't hear you. What did you say? Absolutely. Amen. How much more then would your heavenly Father, amen, go for you and give you and provide for you if you just call on him? Amen, divine, amen, intervention, divine, amen, movement of God. Amen, revivals come when people begin to pray and call on God. When un, look at this. When he was wanting God to do in verse 3. When thou didst terrible things. Now, now, when I say terrible things, I want to explain that in just a little bit. Terrible things which we look not for. What he was basically saying is, you've done mighty things. Okay? That we didn't even know and, and even conceive in our mind that could happen. Woo! Amen. Had somebody just tell me about a week or two ago that, that I don't know why this didn't happen to you, sister, but I don't know. But this person told me, they went to the doctor a few days ago, a month or so ago, and they said, oh my goodness, you've got a spot, and we've got to get this checked out. We need you to come back for another scan in just a few days. And she said... Okay, I'm going to go home and pray. Well, he and the doctor, you know, he was, yeah, yeah, go ahead and pray about it. But I know I'm the man. 
All right, I'm going to tell you, when man can't do it, God can step on the scene and he can intervene. And Sister Amanda, she said she went to church. She got a prayer cloth. She stood in prayer line and got the church to pray for her. Amen. Her church came together. They bombarded heaven for a few days. Amen. She went in there kind of nervous but kind of hopeful. Amen. She said, all of a sudden, the doctor come back to me. He said, I want you to come here. He said, I want you to look at this. On this screen right here was what we had two or three days ago. Right here is what we got today. She said, well, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't understand what that, she said, he said, that spot that we thought was cancer, amen, is no longer there. That just happened just a few days ago because somebody got a hold of God and a great, the heavens were opened up, amen, and a manifestation of the power of God, amen, was revealed. Woo! All right, I gotta hurry. He was referring to those terrible things the things that God did in Egypt, the plagues, the things that he did at the Red Sea, the loss of the Roman, I mean the Egyptian army. Amen. That was the things, Brother Keith, that he was talking about terrible things. As thou did, particularly in Mount Sinai. Now what happened in Mount Sinai? All right, listen to this. Exodus chapter 19, if you want to read with me. Exodus 19, verse 17. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Well, I like that song, Brother George Davis used to sing. What was that about going to church? What was it? I can't remember. Do you remember that? Let's go to church. I'm on my way. Go ahead. It just came to mind. I don't know why it just came to mind. Anyway, amen. Moses took the people out of the camp to meet with God. They were murmuring. They were complaining. Amen. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to arrange a meeting. Amen. Woo! Hey, let me tell you something right now. Oh, glory to God. He said, I'm going to take you out here. I'm going to let you meet God. And, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. They was on the outer side of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on, on of smoke because the Lord descended upon it in a fire and the smoke therefore, thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the mount, uh, the whole mount quaked greatly. When God comes in the room, He makes His presence known. Brother Chad, when God stepped on the scene, you don't have to say, there's Superman. Amen. There's Batman, Josh. <laughs> He's a Batman boy. Listen, when God steps on the scene, you will know that God has arrived. His presence, amen, will be there. Amen. And the whole mount was shaking and quaking. Listen to this. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake. He don't say what he said right there. But then it says, God answered him by voice. Woo! <laughs> so Isaiah saying, God rent the heavens open, open them up, and bring us a great a moving of the power and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Give us a situation where God will intervene. I'm trying to be easy, honey. I gotta hurry. Listen. Listen. Woo! Exodus 34 and 10 says this. And he said, Behold, God said this. I make a covenant 
before, now this is, I make a covenant. All right? That's colon. That's a hard stop, right? I'm not an English major. Anybody English major here? Before all thy people, I will do marvels. Such as have not been, uh, have not been done on all the earth, nor in any nation. Why is he going to do that? There's another colon. All of the people amongst thee, which thou art, shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Whoa! When he's talking about a terrible thing, amen, the sinners that come against the, the Christians, against the house of God, said to one of Arnie, amen, oh, when God says, I'm going to do a terrible thing, he means I'm going to have to bring somebody down. Brother Randy, you might remember this. I was hoping Brother Phil would be here. I knew he had that procedure. But was it Brother Wiley from California? There was somebody in Oklahoma that was on their deathbed. I can't remember the names, Brother Randall. But there was a man in Oklahoma, a preacher, great man of God, years ago. He was on his deathbed, and he was dying. Sister Barbara. And uh, God dealt with a preacher in, in uh, California. I believe it was one of the Wiley brothers. Amen. And he got in his car and he drove to Oklahoma. They had got to the point with that preacher in Oklahoma. He's on his deathbed. Everybody be quiet. Everybody be quiet. Amen. Woo. Don't nobody move. Don't nobody speak loud. He's about to cross over. We don't want to hinder his, this good brother, amen, making it to heaven. That brother, when he walked up, got out of the car, they seen he meant business. They went to him and said, now wait a minute, he's about to die. You can't go in that room. Don't you go in there and bother him. You've got to be quiet if you go in there. And he just, he, he done been on a mission by God. Amen. Woo! God told him to go there and pray for him, and he would raise him up. And guess what he did? I believe, I, if I remember the story correct, he went in there, and that guy was in his bed clothes, and he climbed in the bed with him, laid his hands on him, and there was a great manifestation, a great moving of the Holy Ghost. And that man, before it was over, he was healed, and he was running around his house, and he had a nice bed clothes. He was decent. Amen. He wasn't naked. He was running around his house, shouting under the power of the Holy Ghost because God had brought a great manifestation. Who needs a manifestation of God tonight in your life? I know somebody does. I know I do. I know you do. Woo! Then what are we going to do? Amen. We're going to pray. Let me read you some statistics real quick. And Sister Danny, you get to the piano if you don't mind. I'm not trying to be bossy there if you don't mind. Listen, listen, at the, begin, at the first part of the 18th century, England was in such a mess. Alcohol and gambling was destroying lives, both rich and poor. All right? Crime was on a rampage to the point that, Brother Keith Barney, they, the government didn't know what to do. So for every little crime, they were instituting the death penalty because crime was just rampant. It was a wicked nation. All right? All right? Three out of four children, three out of four children 
those that work in that youth ministry, three out of four children would not live to see five years old because of the filthiness of their camps. Amen. Their dads would take the money and drink it away. The moms had no food. They had no milk. They had no place for their children to lay. They lived in unsanitary condition, and they died. Church going was at an all-time low. One preacher was so bad with his gambling, and I'm talking about a preacher, was so bad with his gambling, when he died, they would, the, the, his debtors grabbed his coffin and wouldn't let his family bury him until they paid his debts. That's how bad it was in England in, in 17, uh, 1713. All right? That was the state of the church and the nation in early 1700. But in 1738, one generation, one generation, Sister Patty, amen. Woo! A guy by the name of John Wesley. Oh, I wish that Brother Adam was here. He could probably whisper some things in my ear about John Wesley. Amen. John Wesley, he went to a meeting and heard a reading not a preacher, but a reading of the sermon of Martin Luther on the book of Romans. And he said, and he, he said my heart was strangely warm. He got saved. He didn't understand it. But he got truly saved. He said, my heart was truly warmed. All right? Amen. This is what happened. He felt the presence of God. And instead of going to the churches, there was very few people in the church. All right? You know what he did? He went to the coal mines where the shaft mines was. And those men lined up to go down into the shaft and preach, I mean, to work in the coal mines. And he would begin to preach the word of God to them. He didn't go to let the people come to the church to him. Amen. He took the church to them. He said, they said wherever he could go on the street corner, amen, he went to the coal mines, he went to different factories, he began to preach Jesus Christ, and people began to get saved, and they had a great awakening. All right. The drunkards and the gamblers, I'm reading statistics, okay? The drunkards and the gamblers turned over a new leaf and got saved and met Jesus. Woo! Sorry about that. Families were reunited. Children mortality rate dropped. All right? Because one man felt his heart feel warm. Woo! Literally. Liter literally. I'm not saying that word right, Lindsay. You're the school teacher here. Liter literacy. Literacy. Reading. Reading. Literacy. All right? I'm sorry. I'm just a mountain boy that's... Half, half, half educated. Literacy jumped greatly because people wanted to learn how to read so they could read the Bible. Because somebody got saved and started preaching at the mines. Somebody stood outside the factory door. Hey man, what's going on out there? That's just that old crazy preacher man. But he brought about a revival. Prayers were answered and people were healed. Church attendance grew. All because... They said even the government was affected. They outlawed children uh, slavery. They outlawed children. Uh, they, they were sending children into the mines and up those factory chimneys to clean. They outlawed all kinds of stuff. And the only time they dealt with, uh, with the death penalty was the most severe crimes. A whole government was changed. 
And all it took was one generation later, one man getting saved and calling on God and God telling him, it's like a fire. Shut up in my bones. Shut up in my bones. Shut up in my bones. It's like a fire. Shut up in my bones. Woo! A Holy Ghost fire. Shut up in my bones. Amen. All right? Listen to this. Many hearts were warmed like John Wesley because he felt the moving of the Spirit of God. Woo! The pendulum in our country has shifted so much since the 1960s away from God. We've become so, I never dreamed I would see this in my lifetime, that a socialist is almost just a few steps from the White House. All right? I don't know what your politics are, but if, if you're mad at me at saying that, you better be praying. Because trouble's coming your way and coming my way. Hey, I, I'm, this is not politics. This is about living right for God. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in God. They're agnostics. We are, we are God. We are the God of your life. We are the government. We give you everything you need. You don't need nothing else. Now. So. Yeah, I better be preaching it. Exactly. If that hurts your feelings and anybody hears this podcast, Brother Ben, if that hurts your feelings, I'm sorry. Come and I, and I won't apologize. I'm sorry. I will not apologize because it's the truth. They're so dead set against the church, these people. Mm, the pendulum has swung so far away from God. But I'm telling you, can we be a John Wesley that would rise up, amen, and preach the gospel, amen, on the street corners, amen, in the factories, amen, in the hospitals. They said the other night, while well, y'all were in North Carolina, they, of course, give prayer for brother, Sister April. But they said, please pray for Dana. She has fasted until she's sick. Why are you doing that? Because I need a great action from God. I need a great manifestation. And we're going to bind together. And we're going to pray that God gives us that divine event for Sister April. Uh, wave at me there, Sister April. Woo! Amen. Hello. Let's swing the pendulum back. Amen. Towards serving God. Stand, church. I've done preached five, six minutes too long. Listen. Children. I ain't really talk to y'all a whole lot about this service. But if you want to know power, if you want to know true and genuine happiness, then let me introduce you to my friend Jesus. Yeah. I've been on the phone this afternoon talking to a close friend. Known him for many years. We haven't done a lot together the last 15, probably 20 years or more. But he contacted me by text. He's texted me since I've been here, but I haven't looked at it because I knew we had church going on. He's got his life upside down. He said, Brother Dale, the reason I'm reaching out to you is I know you'll pray for me. He's needing a touch from heaven tonight. Amen. And I reassured him that I'm going to pray for him. Uh-huh. And I'm going to get together with him. And we're going to talk. Uh-huh. And we're going to pray. Sure. Woo! Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to know right now, church, children, if you want to do something for God, 
All you got to do is do like John Wesley and come to the house of God. Hear the word of God and you'll be stirred. You'll be a, a, there'll be something in you that just boils over. I love it when Brother Ralph would get to preaching. Sister Doris, he'd get to preaching and he'd start giggling. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. I loved it. Amen. He was enjoying it. Amen. It made me amen, know that he was knee deep in something that was so sweet. Amen. And he didn't want to let it go, but he knew he had to quit. Amen. And he would get down to the end of the message and he began to laugh. Amen. I love it. Amen. All right, if you're here and you're lost tonight, I want you to know you can have a great move of God in your life. Amen. If you're sick here tonight, you can have a great move of God in your life. Amen. Woo. You got troubles in your life? You can have a move of God in your life. Amen. So life-changing. Amen. That souls will be saved for years and years and years to come. Woo! Amen. All right, church, let's come. As they begin to play and sing, let's bring our troubles. Let's bring our problems. Brother Ben, let's bring our children. Let's bring them and lay them on the altar. Let's say, God, whatever you want for our lives. Woo! your life my friend and you're seeking for an answer every day if by faith you start believing mighty soon you'll be receiving for the answer is already on the way. Oh, yes, the answer's on the way. This I know. Jesus said it. I believe it. And it's so. So 